0: Welcome to another episode of Here Beyond uh, Four Walls. Uh, we have, as usual, um, Abel as your host and my co-host, Anthony. How are you doing today?
1: Good, sir. How are you doing?
0: Doing good, doing good. And today we have Christian Perez. Uh, Christian, we do appreciate you joining. A um, little backstory. Um, I was actually telling Anthony um, yesterday, however, t- I was telling who you were. Um, I've known at, uh, Christian since middle school. Um, I yeah. think it's been like seventh or six, <laughs> seven to sixth grade. And, um, not to put you on blast, which is probably a good thing. Um, I was telling, uh, Anthony <laughs> that, uh, you dated my middle school crush in middle school.
2: And who was
0: that? Oh, uh, I just, just, just so my wife, uh, forbidden me from saying names in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So, we'll
2: talk about it offline. We'll talk
0: about it offline. So, there was two stories that I said. One, you dated my middle school crush. And then, two, you and some other people, again, I'm not able to name name drops, made a coup in like tricking me to thinking I had a secret admirer
1: in freshman year.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, he, you can see he's holding on to those. I still no. hold on to that person.
2: Yeah, like, wow. I still hold on to that. <laughs>
0: This sounds like a setup. <laughs> I just brought you in just to talk about these things. Oh my but gosh. Um, Christian, I've known you for a really long time. Um, you're currently an art teacher um, for New Jerusalem, yes, New Jerusalem Academy. You also yep. work with uh, brands, different brands and companies, allowing them to be able to speak, uh, speak through their imagery, doing uh, graphics right. and also doing their logo design. Um, in addition to that, um, you also do content creation um, on occasion as well for companies and churches. Um, so right. I um, wanted to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself as well before we kind of dive into the, the conversation.
2: Okay, yeah, absolutely. I think you did a great job of introducing me. Uh, but yes, my name is Christian Perez. Um, on social media, you, people know me as Sketch Perez. My students, they know me as Mr. Chris, right? <laughs> and um, and yeah, so um, my wife and I, we run a very small studio. Um, it's just the two of us, but we have a handful of clients who we do social media, branding, um, print design. We also do photography, we kind of run the whole gamut when it comes to um, marketing. And our most recent venture has been our friends actually opened up a school during the pandemic and uh, they were they were homeschooling their kids. There was literally, the, um, they have four kids of their own and they homeschooled their whole four kids during the pandemic more people had to homeschool. So they were looking to them as yo, how do we do this? And so what they ended up was making a concept where let's do homeschool together. And so first it was their family, then another family, another family. Now we have like fifty kids. We literally have from kindergarten to twelfth grade. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a it's a legit like private Christian school. And it formulated all out of just parents being involved with their children's lives. And then, so our friends did that. They called us over. They knew that we did art and media and all this stuff. They wanted some kind of innovative curriculum for their students. And so they brought us on and that was, that's that been our latest um, kind of venture. So we do teaching, we also do the marketing stuff. Uh, so that's that's, that's me awesome. in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And it's it's pretty cool
0: because um, like we, I mean, I remember we started, we hung out, we made beats together. And then you started yeah, getting into photography, uh, and then when my brother had his like little rap career, you did our photo <laughs> shoot. Like it's yeah. it's been a progressive. I mean, you have other you have you, you know you branded yourself in a different ways um, throughout time. So it's pretty cool to kind of see you settle into into this um, into this aspect. And, and this is the reason why I kind of wanted to bring yeah. you in is because you've had that creative like bug or passion for a really long time, and it's you know it's drifted different ways. You drifted here, you drifted there. Um, and how do you, how do you feel that your creativeness, art, music, uh, photography, how do you think that relationship correlates with God? How do you think that it correlates?
2: Yeah. Um, first off, so you, uh, you know, for the podcast, you sent me the questions beforehand and I'm reading through the questions. Um, and this is one of them and I, this is like, I'm, I'm glad we're starting here. And, um, I, I feel like a lot of times people try to, Uh, because they're scared um, and it makes sense but because of fear they'll they'll see creativity and the arts and stuff and and see things that are maybe uh, not in line with with their faith and not in line with the things that they believe in and and I kind of like remind myself that all these things are tools right whether it be photography design music all of these things are tools and you could use them for good, like you could use them for bad, right? And, and I think like when, when, when we talk about creativity and we talk about like God, they go hand in hand. Like they're one in the same, I think, because um, like from the very beginning, one of the first things that we learn about God is that he's a creator, right? He's a creator. He's creative. So he makes, he builds. Um, we were also called to cultivate the earth. So make things, right? Um, we're also taught to, to communicate, to share the gospel. That's storytelling. Right. Um, we we knew about people in the Bible like uh, like Paul, who was a tent maker. That's an artisan. Right. He was a craftsman. Um, there was there were the uh, King David, he played the harp. Right. Um, he also danced. So there's there's art all throughout the Bible um, in expression of, of worship. There's also art throughout <laughs> the Bible in just creation itself. And uh, and then there's art throughout the Bible. I mean, Jesus was a carpenter. Right. So there. So the things that you do with your hands, creating things, like that's very in line with the creator itself. And I think what, what, what happens is, is that just like we have the power of life and death in the tip of our tongue, I think our hands, you know, we can build something for good. Like we can build something uh, not so good. Um, and so there's definitely a fine line. Um, and when you get into creative circles and creative schools, like say universities and such, you know, then more of those fears kind of come in when we're talking about the traditional um, Christian views and stuff, but uh, all that to say, <clears throat> cre- creating things has been is deeply to to me like creating things and my relationship with God are one and the same. Um, you know, I think I feel like we all have a purpose and we all have something to like a mission. We're all here for something, and and more times than not, it, it's it's involved with me making something, and that ends up being the tool um, that ends up spreading the gospel or, or, or sharing something positive.
0: Yeah. And, and one of the things that is the reason why it was kind of cool to have you come in here is because like you said, um, creativity many times doesn't correlate with holiness. Well, people don't correlate that together in, in right or wrong, whatever it may be, they don't really correlate that. Um, why would you think that is, like you said, there's so many examples of creativity happening. Why do you think most people, even though there's there is so many examples, usually kind of push away from like the creative thinkers, the ones that you know are trying to create new things. Why do you think there's such a big fear
2: in that? I think a lot of times people people try to play it a little bit safe. Um, we 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 are taught to run away from or steer clear of things that are um, that might deter us from our own path and our own journey, and so um if they if you see i guess in any particular art i mean it's just people right in any group of people you're gonna have people that have a positive influence and people who have a negative influence and i think um people who might think that creativity is not holy is focusing too much on i feel the wrong influences um but I think even even, even on that note, we're we are in a very interesting time where we are seeing more fashion designers openly speak about Christianity. Yeah. We're seeing a lot tons of more uh, musicians, both in, in in actual Christian music, but then also musicians, producers who are in secular music, um, you know, who, who do the job, right? But they themselves talk about their faith. And I think I think we see we see more of christians in that space now so i i would say it's easier to lean into it um and maybe that's why you're seeing like the younger generations be more embracing of creativity and more embracing of the arts than maybe 15 years ago 30 years ago pendulum has swung i mean like
0: i i would say so when we grow up when we grew up it was very um by the book we would say quote unquote um and then now it's allowing, like you said, a little bit more space, and because of that space, more people like even your own students are being able to not feel the pressure of that that there's a challenge between that I think what, what would you say is that that uh the line of creativity and connection to, to creating connection to god
1: I, <clears throat> what comes to my mind is uh, you know we grew up in church, and it was always, oh God's calling you to be an evangelist or a pastor or this and that and they they've cr- they've created religion just to be christianity just to be this oh you're a pastor you're an evangelist it's like just these five things are all you can do and it's like no god has people right. everywhere doing everything we, right. we see that in the old testament yeah mind. we see that in the old testament to piggyback of, off what you were saying earlier we're made we're made in god's likeness and image and just like you said, God is a creator. I mean, most of the artwork that we do and we replicate is just what we see in nature. We're just trying to, you know, give it a twist or put it on a canvas. So who's the ultimate painter? Who's the ultimate musician Is God? And we're just, you know, we're just trying, we're just imitating him at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, yeah, I see as a big part, but yeah, it's, it's mostly that where we've, We've confined the work of God just to be preaching and nothing else. It's like, no, if we see that the tabernacle in the Old Testament. He has specifications, measured, uh, lay these things right. with gold, uh, make yarn with okay. scarlet and all the, these. The first
0: tabernacle yeah. was very flashy. Exactly. Yeah. All these specific
1: colors <laughs> yeah. and very fine exactly. materials. like, yeah. what do you think? That, that, that was yeah. God yeah. gave An those artist. instructions. And he said, get the best people who know how to work with the gold with the yarn so obviously it's it's existed always and it's always been a part of god's
0: plan right so So now one of the things that like you said there is that fine line of where where we have life and death for our tongue where there's a positive side of what we could do with what we with our with our with our tongue and there's a negative side same thing you said with your hands to piggyback on that there's a positive work we could do creativity wise and there's a negative side of things so how do you kind of personally you know throughout your whole journey how have you found that line between okay let me push the bounds of what I can do creati- creativity wise, but also make sure that it's still in line with what God wants me
2: to create. Yeah, I think so. So there's it. I think that's twofold. So one, it comes down to um, the message, right? So what's the message of the thing that you're creating? Um, a lot of times <clears throat> I will say that I found myself in complicated situations where I needed to make a website. I needed to make a video. I needed to do something for a client that was not in line with um with my views, and um and I've had to to confront myself and 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 see where do I draw the line, and I've had to find that for myself. Um, yeah. what, what's too far? But I've definitely I would say that I've made mistakes, and and I and I've taken on projects that I shouldn't have, um and that and that definitely pushed me on. Oh man, I should not be in this kind of environment kind of situation we shouldn't i shouldn't be a part of putting out this type of message whether it be profanity and and musical lyrics or something like to that effect so there's there's it's very important um to 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 care about the message that's being put out i think that's how you can you can that's the beginning of saying is is what i'm doing good or bad is this glorifying god or not yeah and then secondly um intention so what are you, what is your art doing? So, um, a lot of the examples that we mentioned in the Bible, there was a, there was a something being made, right? So again, Paul being a tent maker, like that's very practical. Um, building the tabernacle, that was very practical. Those are practical skills. I don't, I don't know this. I haven't read the whole, you know, I can't say that I know everything in the Bible, but I don't, Necessarily know of a part where there was somebody just frivolously painting a scene or something. I don't. I don't know those intricate. You know the, yeah. that type yeah. of yeah. art. What I so so in my life, my art has been very practical, right? So it's been. Uh, I got a camera, uh, photography. I'm making money. I'm feeding my family. I have a roof over my head. Makes sense. It's a the wedding. There's there's no gray area there, right? Um. I th- there's this business. They need a logo, cool, no problem. So there's these very practical things that I di- did within my career, that like it's it's like as as practical as making a tent, right? There is no gray area there. There's just working for a real estate agent, like there's. I'm, I'm I, as long as they're not doing anything illegal. That's that, that that's where I would cross, you know, uh, draw the line there. Yeah. So so I've been very um, intentional about early on in my career. I I probably worked with more um rappers and more urban artists where the more i progressed i I worked with more um business more white collar type jobs and um and that in and of itself like just moving my environment change like helped me draw that line yeah um and and make that that transition um so so yeah so just the message itself and then just finding practical ways to apply your art so Again, if I'm, if, if I'm just making art and I'm not getting my bills paid or I'm putting all my money to art and I'm, not, I'm, I'm neglecting something else, and that's moving on into territory that, you know, the starving artists. And, um, you know, a lot of times when we, when we think back of what our parents probably taught, t- told us or our grandparents and they might have discouraged um, going into art, they were really just looking out for us. They were really just yeah. saying, man, like they were worried. They wanted the best for us. Um, we're in a different time where we're in a creative economy and I would say like 80 to 90% of my students, they're not saying that they want to be doctors and lawyers and no, they want to be, uh, YouTubers. They want to be artists. They want to be, it's all in the creative arts, um, social media. So, um, the, the, the jobs have shifted. And so you can be creative. You can glorify God. You can have a practical job. They can all coexist and it doesn't have to get into any kind of weird spaces um, that I think a lot of the older you know, generations are probably scared of. Yeah. Um,
0: one of the things that um, I think is, is true uh, is, like you said, one, it's one of those things where they're just trying to look at the best for us. But like you said initially, um, it's tough to know how to give an answer when you don't really know how it works. In, cre- in creative space, especially when you're looking from the outside in, you could get a lot of assumptions or a lot of things where you're not really sure how that how that works so i think it's it's really important um as leaders when we take the opportunity to provide a space where god could do his work and if it's um in a practical sense or if it's in in, you know like xyz mathematical sense or if it's in a creative space to be able to to work in his way i think the challenging part of uh, creativity is that you could justify you're pushing the limits much easier than an xyz where like if i'm an assembly line if i'm just Putting this mic together, that's all I could do. When you are creative, you're able to, you know, like if the example, as you know, I do photography as well. You know, the camera itself is just a tool, but you could do different angles, you could do different sessions, you could do all these things, where that line or, or it could be pushed and be subjective much more than if it's a this is what your result is is the outcome, where the outcome could be a million different things even with the same tool. So I think yeah. that's where. Um, is this a challenge upon um, uh, creators to be able to make sure that our tools are always in line with what the Lord has us. But it's also a challenge because one of the, one of the good things about being as creators that you are pushing the limits that you are trying to, you know, explore new things and you are trying to express yourself in new ways where it's, it's that healthy balance of, um, I mean, we we bring that up uh, um, a few times is, where Paul was doing something completely new preaching to Gentiles and all these things where it's uh, a new, a new message, a new thing, which wasn't bad, but there's other times where we do try to do new things and it ends up, you know what? That probably wasn't the best idea. Um, so I think it's in that creative space, it's, it's fluctuating, but like you said, um, in any career, in any choice, you could make those type of mistakes. It's being willing to be more practical and listening to the Lord. And like you said, putting yourself in an environment in places where even if you stretch out, you're not stretching out into a bad place. So, I And the most important on. thing, yeah.
1: you you kind of alluded to it with intentionality. You know, God knows as long as you're doing something for you know, you're not doing some going into something you know, God knows the intention of our heart. So, if we're not doing it for evil purposes or for right. you know, our personal gain and stuff like that, you're doing it as on to the Lord. He's gonna illuminate you. He's gonna tell you don't do this, don't do that. You we, we just have to be sensitive to it. But as long as we're doing it as we're doing it for him. Right. Cuz you know, there's examples in the Bible where when king when the Babylonians took over the Israelites, they took people back to Bab- Babylon. Daniel was part of the of the royal court of the he was a government official for a Evil dictator that was against God, and God God didn't tell him, oh no, you got to give that right. that government position. He kept him in there because he wanted to use him to influence him to do stuff. Um, Joseph himself was the right hand man of, of pharaoh, and pharaoh was an evil, you know, perverse. Egypt is considered right. the world, so it's like, you know, we grew up and they were like, oh no, you can't work with these people because they're sinners. So you know, you got to do your stuff for the Lord, and, and right. you know, we were instructed in this weird path but god you know as long as we listen to god and he's the one guiding us it doesn't matter where we end up we're you know in order for us to be light of the world there has to be darkness the only way we 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 see light is because the existence of darkness so yeah
2: man those are great points I, i i agree completely and um i've i've know people who are found themselves in interesting positions where let's say um i know this person who was a pastry chef pastry chef at disney cool so she makes cakes They're beautiful they're amazing well there's certain celebrations there's certain days there's certain times of the year where um there's things that disney does that doesn't fall in line with her faith so so at that point does she just stop making cakes altogether does she leave she's she's asked these questions to herself she's prayed about it she's She's she, she seek guidance for these things. And ultimately, uh, she's found peace in her heart staying. And in that same space where she's at, she'll, she she sees herself being used by God to talk to her coworkers, to talk to different people and, and, and kind of see that bigger picture. And it's exactly what you're talking about, where you're you're doing this role and maybe your boss, your, where you're at, your environment is not in line with everything that you believe in Um but you did say, uh, as long as mm-hmm. God is guiding you. And I think that's very important because God will tell you to get out of there. There's situations where God's going to take you out there, yeah, there's exactly, situations yep. where God going <clears throat> you there right there for, for a specific purpose. So I'm glad you said that. I agree. I agree. I, I, uh, I think the same way for sure.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's really tough. Um, I'm more of a person personally myself where it's like, um, It's 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 one of those challenging parts where certain jobs require you to be in certain areas where it's it's impossible not to be surrounded by people that are not in agreement with your faith or the or the organization itself. But I think it's one of those situations where it should encourage the church in general to to create spaces where we could provide those services like an amuse, a Christian amusement park. We don't think Christians should be, crea- should be in it, but we should be in every field. We should be in comedy. We should be in you know, amusement parks. We should be in all these things where it gives an yeah. opportunity where we're able to provide that service, but it'd be faith-based. And I think one of the challenges is that the church has sat back for so many years, um, like you guys have mentioned, where the church has sat back and said, the church is only this. It's only the four walls. It's only preaching and this like this. And little by little, what happened is that the world took ownership of those other categories where now we're retroactively trying to fix that by working in positions to try to shift the fields back into the faith. But I mean, it's gotten to a point where it's, it's hard because I work at a bank and my bank does certain things that I'm not in agreement with. It's In any corporate America job you work in, it's kind of <laughs> impossible not to <laughs> not to be in a place where there's certain yeah. days or certain celebrations that you don't agree with, but it's because it's I personally believe it's because of the church, little by little, conceding and giving away things to the world to say, "Hey, you guys deal with it. Mm-hmm. This is not a church a church problem. This is not a church situation." Where if we would truly, in a perfect world, we could see even in Acts where they took charge of of food distribution, they took a charge of some of orphan orphanages. Yeah, but we've yeah. conceded and given it away, which has caused a, a hard balance of how do I do my profession without working in a place that doesn't, that isn't, uh, faith-based. Um, right. Transitioning a little bit, uh, Christian, um, one of the things that, uh, um, I've been kind of doing a little more research is on, um, church social media presence. Um, and one of the things, I mean, that I've seen at least within the churches, um, anecdotally the churches I've seen is a lot of their reels contain songs that, um, are either snippets of songs that are we would say secular, or snippets of just uh, songs that are typically would be considered secular? How do you? I mean, because you've worked with churches as well, Largeners, especially in New York. I know you mentioned you. Um, I know you worked with a church over there. Where does your view in in using social media, but also separating yourself from truly being like the church? Where should we be engaging in? Using songs for reels in that sense, like, where do you see that that space being presented, in from the church perspective?
2: I think, yeah, I think I I think that's a very muddy waters when it comes to using secular songs. When it comes to using pop culture references, I think it's it's a it's a hard, mm. it's undefined, to be honest. Because what's okay for this demographic is not okay for that demographic. And, and both might have very valid points, right? One uh, one side might say, but why are you giving so much power to this melody? Um, and then the other side says, no, but you don't understand the struggles that are behind these lyrics over here. Um, and so you can really, I that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think from a church standpoint, if you're going to be a church, um, there's, everything is okay. Everything is not permissible. And you're not. You're you have to be wary of the actions that you do that may cause somebody else to slip. Yeah, and so I think it's it's you have a high responsibility to man even even songs that um, are secular songs and then they change the lyrics and make them Christian songs. Yeah, you know, but the but the melody I'm thinking about the original. Yeah, you know, Um, I think it's it's a hard play. I I don't have a stance on it, especially because. I, I see it. I I've, I've been in a church. I I've, I've worked in churches, so I've been on staff with churches. I've led uh you know, young people. I've led um like youth and creative groups and I can I can see how the, there's just so much need that man, we don't need more uh, confusion. Like we can kind of do without that, right? Yeah. Um if we can get real creative and move away from stuff like that, then that, I I feel like that would be a a bigger win. Um. Now, do I myself on my free time? What do I listen to? Well, that's a whole another question. <laughs> right? Yeah. But I feel like our influence is very important, and I yeah. feel like it's very important what you're. T- I, man, psh, you give a kid, you give one kid a Coca Cola can, and they can handle it. You give another kid some Coca Cola, they go running there off the walls. They are crazy. Coca Cola could be a drug for them, bro. It's nuts. I've literally seen. Um, I have a little niece, and at parties, you know, you gotta watch your Coca Cola because if you look this way, she took, she took your cup. She's running around. She's, ah. yeah. That's <laughs> Coca Cola. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What What's the church have to say about Coca Cola? We gotta be responsible. <laughs> you gotta be responsible with Coca Cola, and so I think it's the same thing with music and stuff. We huh? gotta be very careful. Yeah. Be very careful. So, 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 I would. I. I mean, there's a lot of new. There's a lot of new stuff being made. Right. There's a lot of new music. There's a lot of new Christian artists. Yeah. Right. And so I would I would lean towards um, doing using that that instead of uh, going back to like secular music, if possible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it makes sense. I I would. Yeah, it's it's one
0: of those things where like in somewhat I get it because the algorithms are set that if you don't use certain music, your your presence is less shown but at what cost like i would say there's a cost for everything good or bad there's a cost to everything and i think at what cost are we using this music to be more visible in the grand scheme you could you could explain that and justify that saying hey we're being more visible which allows us to be able to print the gospel more but at what cost are we creating confusion creating justification for others to do certain things and like you said there's a lot of nuance to a lot of these positions where it's very uh subjective and it's very uh like you said each location kind of has its own people, own people they're going to be working with, and that's something. Uh, yeah, Anthony, you the problem is that
1: well. you know everything can be used for good or bad. You can use a blade to kill somebody, or you can use it to do surgery. The Bible is considered a double-edged sword. Right and you know people say oh because you can use it to preach to somebody but it preaches back to you no but it, it goes further than that the same we can have some somebody using the word to preach love and the gospel but people can use the same word to to create division and race to yeah. push racism and that that's what we see you know this country was founded on christianity but they were using the bible to to convince yeah, convince oppress people yes. of other skin colors that they were less than, and they had to obey them because they were sent by God, even as far back as the Native Americans and Columbus with Catholicism and all that. So it's always, the Bible's always been used for good and bad. So if the Bible itself could be used for good and bad, what about everything else? So, you know, like I said before, it's like, yeah. if you're led by God and God, gives you a strategy, then you know, it's it's for his will. You know, so I feel like we want to cast this general thing like, oh, you know, God's got God, this is the only way God can use somebody. But no, that's not how it works. You know, uh, God can send a pastor to some crazy hood in New York and the method that he's using to reach people might be frowned upon you know, uh, some majority white church in the Midwest that, that exactly, and it's like, okay, yeah, but yeah. that style is not gonna reach yeah. the people yeah. that are in the trenches. There you, you go. Know? So, God uses everything's for His will. So, context matters,
0: yeah. Context, context does matter, but it's I, the only thing I would push back in is that there are all general themes within culture that within that culture is deemed right, but in general, we could still say is wrong. So I think that's where it is risky because um, we could many times be blinded by um, by resourcefulness uh, as in like it's I feel like it's 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 also really um, it's easy and at the same Mm -hmm. time hard to find what God's fine line is. Because um, many times when we do move and go into these places, for example, one of the things I mean, I wanted to kind of bring this up was like, for example, you did a different really unique uh, yearbook photo shoot. For your kids um Mm -hmm. for your school it was very you know to the time of Mm -hmm. like it wasn't the classic positions that we were doing laying down sideways yeah yeah, yeah. in the back (laughs) it was really different um which i mean i'm sure they you know it was a great response for them it was great um but also what could happen is we try to bring it too down to their level which ends up losing the essence of what we were really trying to talk about so I think yeah. it's 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 really like you're 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 doing you're you're band, you're balancing really on a tightrope really really quickly because you're trying to be relatable, and then, you know be from where they are, but at the same time, you're bringing this really heavy and complicated, nuanced <clears throat> God into their lives, where it talks about being extremely holy and perfect. That if you fail one, if you fail one of the commandments, you fail all of them. But it's also talking about a loving, compassionate God. Like it's it's a very nuanced conversation and God. Um, that lives within paradoxes. So when it comes to talking to your kids, how do you like, uh, bring it down to them, but at the same time showing them the holiness and reverence they should be carrying to God? How do you
2: do that in the classroom? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so when it comes to bringing it, bringing it down, um, there's definitely a way that you have to speak to children that you don't necessarily speak to adults. There, there's definitely a way that you communicate. But for the most part, I don't present to them a watered-down uh, version of the gospel or a watered-down version of life whenever we, we talk about that. Um, I think it's very important that we know that... Um, I've heard churches say things like, uh, there's no Holy Spirit, Jr. And I, and I kind of like that. Like there's it's just this is what it is. And kids go through tough situations and they're not like if they can handle, you know, the the tough situations that were thrown on them, they can handle the full gospel. You know what I'm saying? Um, So when it comes to like bringing it down, to, I mean, I I take it case by case. I take it case by case. Like uh, what happened here? Like what, are, what uh, if a situation arose, if somebody's feeling a certain type of way, if something happened in the house, if if two of my students are having um, an argument, if the if the whole class is being kind of rowdy or there there's case by case. We'll, we'll analyze it and and we'll talk about it from the, pers- you know, everything from the foundation of the gospel, from the foundation of Christ is the foundation and every situation that we encounter where you know, Right. Context matters. Every situation that we encounter, we're going to then approach that and talk about it within that context. And then um, I'm very intentional about what I do in my class. <clears throat> art in general, outside of faith, can be seen by some people. Again, I think it's, it's harder to say that in today's world because of all the practical implications of it. But um, art can be seen as a frivolous pursuit. And so I'm very intentional about how I build my curriculum. And so when we're painting, we're not just painting. We're also talking about uh, the career paths that that could lead to, right? Um, we when we when we're doing sketching, we'll do architecture sketchings, we'll do car sketchings, and we'll talk about what it what it means to be a product designer, right? And and we go through those types of things. And so we ground things on um, on practical skills. And that kind of helps art stay within the space that it needs to stay in um, for what we want in the school, for for, for the things that we're trying to achieve. And really um, when it comes to like creativity and everything, like you need creativity in every sphere and every job that you have, you need creativity, you need um, innovation, right? And so these are, these are things that, these are muscles that we're trying to build. These are muscles that we're trying to grow regardless. And so, as long as the foundation is good, then 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 you can handle those things and take them on case by case basis. Um, I feel like your question had so many layers to it, but when you when you take a complex idea and you're trying to bring it down to a student, um, kind of you be direct. You know, like we've we've dealt with um, we've talked about racism, we've talked about. Um, intercourse we've talked about relationships we've talked about we've talked about all these things i'm, I'm talking about you know i again i have kindergarten to 12th grade yeah yeah, yeah. right there's a wide range of yeah, age, age group. i have yeah. 18 year olds um you know coming up to me and asking me and talking to me and you know and, and so we talk <laughs> and so we, we we have that conversation um i'm very blessed that um my wife is actually in the classroom with me and so um to to again, how do I show the gospel? One of the things that I do is just through my life, right? And so I'm I I, I have the benefit, I have the honor of working with my wife, and they see that relationship. I've I've literally have had kids tell me, oh wow, you get along with your wife so well, like, <laughs> and and at the time I'm like, yeah, I, I would hope so, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it didn't it, it, I at the time I, I I didn't put two and two together, but through the weeks I found out that. That their parents did not get along so well, yeah, and so they were making that observation, um, and 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 it was something more than just what the surface level of 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 what they said. So, um, in a nutshell, I think being direct with the kids, not watering down the gospel, taking it case by case. Um, I think there's there not that there's a gray area, but but there's context. There's context to actions, and there's things that happen, and. And there's grace, and there's we, we learn from, from things. I think a lot of times, you know, w- like you said, the Bible can be used as a double-edged sword. Um, let's talk about grace. <laughs> let's talk about getting up. Let's talk about learning from our mistakes, and let's talk about not repeating them. But but we could live another day. We can do. We mm. can be better. We can grow from this, and we can grow out of this. Um, I have kindergarteners, and when they get when they start crying, first breathe. First of all, you're alive, right? You're, yeah. not, you're good, right? <sighs> Next, what's going on? She took your crayon. Whoa, why did you take her crayon? You know, and we yeah. handle it piece by piece. And I think honestly, like, um, just ha- I, would, I would handle it the same way through, with, with, with all the ages and even all the way to adults. It's yeah. One piece at a time, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think it's, <clears throat> it's a challenge because as you go higher level, Um, you had to put general standards that sometimes don't fit everyone. Um, as you know, we, we create laws that you know, this nation's millions of people, but you have to create a law that's a general basis to be able to say, Hey, don't do this. And to be able to try to cover as much as we can. So, um, how do you, I mean, the good thing is, you know, you're, you're only dealing with a few kids but you know as the church if you look at it in the grand scheme of things is dealing with right millions of churches but let's say the church in general how yeah. do you kind of where would you say is the or, or i guess i go with anthony first how do you balance that like okay we we're trying to do like for example i'll give it a more example back in the day we would say hey we can't dress a certain way because but at the same time the the concept was hey let's do a general rule to be able to kind of fill the, 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 as much as we can. Yeah. In church, uh, Anthony, how would you say you would balance that? Like, okay, obviously each, each situation is case by case, but we don't have the time in the world, like to be able to go case by case by case by case. How do you, how would you say is that balance of, we had to have some sort of structure where we can't say everything's case by case, because we had to have a, a basis point of what's right and wrong, but at the same time, being able to to have that nuanced conversation. But in terms of what um, are you asking for? There's a possibility to do both. So like, for example, uh, uh, like I said, uh, general rules or general responses of how we're gonna respond to things. So for example, clothing is an example where clothing could be very nuanced, where um, uh, how we we view modesty, for example, within church um they would give a general r- a rule of saying hey don't wear this type of clothing but it's it's because it's trying to placate to as many scenarios as possible where so, there so can be a lot of the nuance, question is example. are we talking and about your parents are uh, buying your, clothes and, buying your children? clothes and they're not faith-based so. or in, in general because i mean this this problem extends not only with children because i mean if you look at school they would say hey uh get here at a certain time but it was be able to be able to create a some sort of standard where we could measure if you're here on time or late but there's also nuanced situations where your parents are working and they get you late where it's not the kids fault they're going to be late every day but it's it's nuanced so how do we put a basis a basis of what's right and wrong to be able to have a general society that works with structure but also be able to look at things nuanced and it's, it's a complicated thing because a principal and if you look at school let's go with kids. A person might not have the time to go to every kid that's late to find a new one to say, This kid's okay to being late. This kid's not to be okay. Because if we start breaking the rules and one kid could be late, one kid can't be late, you could break the, the order and structure of things. Where there's that. There's, that a, lot. there's a lot. Of, a lot, a lot things <laughs> things I, I, I so see that well. as, you so, know. Chris, you're, you're shaking your head. As <laughs> long as it's yeah.
1: just tough because, you know, it all boils down to the country we live on, the form of government is what influences what is permissible or not because, you know, the Bible is about a monarchy, a kingdom. Our country is a democracy. So it's completely opposite to. So, I mean, I would say for the most part, you know, we have a conscience, we have the Holy Spirit. For the most part, most of the rules and the laws that we have at the moment are make our common sense make most sense but also it has to deal with the parents and that's that's where it boils down to when you know it, it all boils down to the relationship that the church or the government entity or the school has with the parents making sure the parents are understand the rules that are beforehand because there's there's always some way to work things out for example, the example of kids being late. There is ways to get an excuse late or an excuse absence. So it's not like you're late. That's it. clean cut. It's never clean cut. There's always nuance to it, or it, you know,
0: yeah. But if you let's let's go back to kids. If I or in general, we even see this in, in adulthood if we start allowing certain kids to do certain because there's nuanced justification yeah, but- then that kids be like if that kid could do it then i could do it and then also so then you're 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 picking and choosing and then we we could even uh we, we adults have this situation where like who's the arbitrator of deciding that that's justifiable for that person to be late and that's not justifiable and then that's subjective to who who's defining and who's the arbitrator there so there's then there's that then you're you're eventually having that point where everything's nuanced and there's no general structure or standard because now it's like well this is justifiable this isn't justifiable and then and at that point what ca- what, what time is leadership really to, because if you can justify it enough up. then you're never late Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm that's saying, like, what I'm, there's, what there I'm has saying, to be some you know, sort of order in, in any culture. The there's general order of laws that we have to abide
1: those, to that dictates that. Because mm. you know, there's there's for for example, school. If if you if if the your child can't abide to those laws, then there have to be other options, either private school or homeschool. So there's there's always options.
2: Um. So I'm, yeah. I think I think it's so uh, sticky Chris, what, because what, what so a school of? you you mentioned dress code, um, and I think you know a school says well, put your hands by your side. You know if you're a girl and your skirt is above your fingers when you put your hands by your side, then that's too high. Then that's too yeah that's too high. It needs to be lower than that. And they can do that. They can say that, and they do. Um, a church, yeah, like who's gonna do it? <laughs> Who usher? Like who who has that right i think it gets into weird territory i can understand where yeah. you're coming from um i would have i would have bigger concerns um who is this person did they come for the first time That's like what are they going through what's it, you know what is their story um a lot of times we're not the ones well we aren't the ones that change people jesus changes people you said that they have a conscience they have a Um, anthony mentioned conscious and the holy spirit and i deeply believe in that and if it's a big problem we have to address it (laughs) If there's a whole group of people coming in wearing the wrong stuff we 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 have to talk about it um there has to be order um there was um there was a bumper sticker on a car um in 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 the church i go to and um it was for a website where you like not appropriate (laughs) It was OnlyFans. It had a OnlyFans bumper sticker. You're like, hmm, okay, okay. But what are you putting out there, bro? Interesting. Um, now, w- what do we do there? Who's the guy? Who's the person? Like, let's let's talk to them. Let's find out. You know, I I, I don't think it ends there. You know what I'm saying? I I, I feel like um, those are signs. You see somebody dressed a certain type of way, or doing something like, I think there's a, there's a story there. Maybe there's a, it's like a cry for help. And, and, and I think that there's, there's too much is too much. But before that, I think there's a, there's a, there's like a grace to like, let, let God do his thing. And you're just there. So.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that, um, just to kind of see where you, where you stand on this. So in school, obviously you said there's a, you know,
1: there's obviously a more practical. Let me, let me cut you off. Let me cut you off, off Cause um, we have to remember. So if you're dealing with kids, why do you think, you know, underage yeah. people have to obey parents or the, but authorities, but like in a church, Adults. if an adult is, work, what are you going to tell? Hey, you can't do that. I'm an adult. I can wear whatever I want. So that's where it creates a problem. Like, but keep going.
0: yeah but 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 even as a even as so my question is as you got to my you answered the question i was going to ask like kids we are more willing to be susceptible providing them rules and directions but we're adults we're not as <clears throat> willing to do that but as you said they're more free willing but even when they're free willing and we do that as adults there's laws that we we follow as a nation do you do you not think it would be important? I mean, for your own kids, like you have homework that you probably provide your kids, and there's a cutoff time that you provide in general. Um, why wouldn't we follow that same importance of providing structure for our kids to provide structure for? No, we do. We do. Christian so, um, so why, my students, why my students, they give them homework, the
2: board? and and there's expectations. Um, if you're part of a ministry, if you're on my team, then I have some expectations for you and and there's standards that you have to that you have to abide by. Um my team, uh well, if you're shooting photography, you have to come in dressed in all black. Why? Because it's less distracting. We don't want to distract people. We're here just we're here to tell a story, but we don't want to take somebody out of their moment. So you came here, you're wearing a white shirt, I can't let you go out there. That's distracting. I might have a black shirt for you. You know, I'm going to tell you to go home, right? Um but but there's a there's a reason for why we do things um, when you yeah. uh, why it matters who the person is. is Again, they they're coming here to the church for the first time. Where are they coming from? You know, maybe they just came from work and they work at Hooters and they felt compelled like to go into your Wednesday night prayer service. I don't know. I don't know the story. So I think, you know, that that, that matters a whole lot. I think you can put rules and i think you can put order yeah um but relationship goes above that right so when you build relationship you're able to tell people certain things you're able to 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 actually set things in place a complete stranger or somebody who that that's a harder conversation to have yeah um i think the first step is relationship and then from because only somebody that knows you could call you out on something like that
0: Yeah. And I think I so this this I mean, this is how I personally feel, especially when it comes to adults is so I'm really a big proponent of of providing structure um, in that sense of things. But I think it's really important to, like you said, <clears throat> know your relationship. So I'm really a big proponent of a relationship, especially having my own kid. When my daughter was first born, I wasn't dropping her this rule book of what she can and can't do. She was too young to even understand those rules. So what I, you know, as a baby, the biggest thing I did was try to show her love, show her love, show her, show her love, show her, show her love, show her love. And as, as she's gotten older, she's two and a half. Now she has the capacity to understand, okay, during this time we don't talk or we don't run into stores or you stay next to me when we're crossing the sidewalk. And as she's getting older, I'll continue to provide her more structure in her lives. So I think it's, it's important to, like you said, have that progression for our, our people yeah. where if, if they're coming from work for the first time, we're not providing this like big massive book of, hey, follow this. But we're progressively, you know, when someone's coming for the first time, they're a baby in the faith in, in that sense of things. And you know, the Bible speaks about that. You know, we go from milk from honey and we progressively uh, go older. Um, and I think it's, I mean, the Bible says, we, we act like a child, like a child, but now I'm a man, I th- think like a man. I think it's that nuance in that conversation but I think it is important, especially today, is that we've gotten to a point where we're very heavily compassion and love and love and grace based, where we've swung that pendulum as a church in general, where we're trying to, because we were before in a fire and brimstone, like you're going to hell, repent right. for your sins, you can't wear this, you can't wear that, you have a tattoo, you have, you're, you're, you're done for. There's no grace, there's no forgiveness, and we swung to extreme forgiveness for grace, and I think it's important to have that healthy balance of making sure that, yeah, some things are subjective, some things are between you and God, but there are some things that are black and white that are, are not negotiable, that you, this is, this is what it is, like, we're not wearing white shirt, like you said, in your, in your situation with your ministry, like, we're not going to go out wearing whatever we want uh for our ministry, same concept, where our spirituality, like, we can't just always do whatever we want there is some sort of growth that is required in that side of things which i think is important um how do you how have you i mean which is cool you work in such a unique school how do you find that opportunity to be a mentor and and be a friend um, but also always be their teacher and draw that line between
2: I'm this person that provides order, but I'm That's also a great trying question. to relate to you. How do you, how do, you do both at the My school is unique. At, at your so school. We have 50 students, which is not a lot. I know there's t- some teachers that have 30 kids in one class, right? Um, so I have 50 students in total, and um, my classes are pretty much 10 to 12 kids per per class. So it's very small. Um, because it's small, we know parents, right? And so we, um, we'll, we'll spend time outside of the school with them. Um, so we've built relationships with the students and that has been a big topic because we are a small school, we're all family, like the teacher's kids go to the school. So the teachers are friends. It's very family. And so we've talked about it. Like this wouldn't be normal in a regular school. How? Where do we draw the line? So this is a big topic of conversation. Um, it's just like a parent. It's just like a parent. Like you, you don't want to be your friend. I'm, I'm not here to be your friend. You don't need another friend. You need a parent. You need somebody. You need somebody to guide you. Right. And so when it comes to there's always structure. Like in my class, there's structure. There's I remember the first time a class came running and screaming. It was like, whoa, hey yo. <laughs> Let's try that again, you know? And now they line up outside the <laughs> class. And there's rules and there's structure and there's order. And so doing yeah. that has, has been a great way to set that separation. We're not just friends. We're not just buddies. We're not just hanging out in the street. You know, there's, there's order here and the things that I'm trying to do for you is so that you can create a uh, discipline so that you can, you, you can know how to function outside of here. Right. Um, I do something as simple as when I give out a piece of paper, when it's, We do art on digital tablets, on iPads, and we also do art physically, so we do paint. And uh, when we paint, everybody gets one sheet of paper, right? And some people might make two lines and say, I messed up, can I get another sheet of paper? No, no, finish, commit to the drawing, finish it, see where that takes you, like work with that mistake and see how, and a lot of times it ends up coming out better than what they thought, right? Or if maybe the whole thing was a failure, and then at that point, when they finish, then I'll give them a new piece of paper. But they have to finish. Um, and there's so there's principles that I'm trying to teach them. And so by by doing those things, by putting a little bit of strict strictness, you know, not it's not all fun and games, right? So there is order. To your point, there is structure. Kids actually like that. Um, it's 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 why a class goes crazy when the substitute teacher comes in it's because there's no structure. The the structure went away. And and I was the type of kid I. I, I hated when my teacher was absent, yeah. right? Because I hated, like, the chaos and the, like, Like today, just throw it in the trash. It's gone. Like, we're not doing anything today, you know? Um, so I think it's important as a leader, yeah. if you're a leader of a ministry, if you're a parent, if you're a teacher, I think it's important for you to have your set of rules and structure for your class. And, and with that, that creates the boundaries. Um, when you were talking about your daughter, you said you started with love. And then you kind of grew in. It, 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 not only did she grow in capacity, but you both grew in relationship. Um, and in that relationship, you've had to say like, okay, I love playing with you, but I'm your dad. I have to protect you. I have to prepare you for the world. And so you started to, to set limits. And so um, there's this, there's a, a, a concept that my wife talks about is love and limits. And I think it's all about that, like love and limits. I love my kids, but there's limits. And um, that right there, I think, is like a good little framework for uh, maintaining yeah. <clears throat> that. That's an awesome saying. Yeah.
0: Um, now, because <laughs> you are a teacher now, obviously, um, you, went, you went to the same high school, which had a, a different uh, experience. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, we went to a uh, public, uh, public school for middle school and things like that. How is your... Your perception of schooling in general have changed. Have you, like, do you think we should move towards more smaller scale schools and being able to provide that, you know, oh, interpersonal relationship? How do you how do you view school now in general for for kids, uh, being being a student from experiencing on a public school on a personal level, but also absolutely teaching a great on a non-public. When stage. I was when how I you, was young, you I hated the idea
2: of private school. I would I would even think in the, like I would, I would think about the future. I mean, I would never have my kid in a private school. I don't want them to be stuck up. I don't want them to be snobby. I don't want them to be XYZ. Um and I only wanted them to be in public schools. And then so the idea of a small charter school or like a, I just was like, "Oh my goodness, what is this?" Um but to your point, we ended up um, me and Able ended up going to a high school that it, it 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 was a technical school. So it you you had to take a test to get in. And our graduating class, 150 kids, 150 kids. It a, it's relatively small. It was a good size, though. It was a good size. Like, I, I have no complaints, but it was relatively small. It wasn't as big as other public high schools. Yeah. And it was good. Like, it was a good experience. And um, a lot of my friends, um, lifelong friends, Come from high school, able from, from middle school, but my my wife I met in high school, my best man was from high school. A lot of my groups were actually one was my brother, and the other three were from high school. And so, being a part of that smaller group, right? It did it did two things. One, um, it, it, a little bit of a safety net, you know. It's it's more digestible, smaller, more controllable. But two, it also put you around the the least that it did was it put you around other students who parents care about them enough to put them in a different school, right? So you have that in common. You know, not not saying that nothing bad ever happened at the school. Of course, <laughs> like things happen at every school, but that was a different type of environment. So my my view of school is, and then now with this with this private school is is, is even turned my view like even more so. I think that. No, not everybody should be at a private school. No, not everybody should be at a, you know, I think I think it's as nuanced as we are. I also believe in seasons. Um, so we have students that when they first started with us, man, there was no way I could have seen them at a regular school. But through the years of being with us in a smaller environment, we see them grow socially. We see them grow academically. We see them gain confidence in themselves. We see them grow in the knowledge of the Bible. And we see them like, man, we want to put them in a bigger space. We want to put them in a school that has sports. We want to put them in a school that uh, focuses more on XYZ. Uh, We want a bigger school because they're a social butterfly. Um, There's situations where I see that, a student might need to go to a different type of school. But all in all, I, I think we're in a beautiful time where different you have schools. options. Yeah. And um just like I think every school is is it, every student um every student is made to go to it there's different schools that are gonna help different types of students, but there's also like wherever you're at now doesn't mean that you have to stay there. Right. So there might be your element, my, my, my elementary school experience was phenomenal. Um, I had a public elementary school and they cared a lot about reading. Um, they cared a whole lot about math and science. And I just, my edu- my elementary education was phenomenal. When I got to middle school, not so much. Middle school was not, it was, it was another public school and man, there was everything. Like it was, like, it was like a bad school. I, I'm sorry, but it was a bad school, and so that was not By like temporary. I would not want my 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 yeah. son, my 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 kids to go to that school. I wouldn't want that for them, so I wouldn't want that public school. I would say absolutely not. I tell people, I tell my students like you can go to you know this school, this school. Don't go to this school. Like I, I'll tell them that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, so so I think the the student matters a whole lot. Um. And and, and then it also matters yeah. the time that they're in, the time that they're in. But but I think like there's kids that need sports. And there's kids that need a bigger school, bigger environment. Um, I think it's hard because you're, if you're a small school, then diversity looks different, right? Because there's 50 kids now. So if, if you know, in a, in a 500 kids, you might have a clique of people like you. In a 50, with 50 kids, you might it might just be you. So diversity starts to take into place a whole lot. Um, and there's situations where I would say like, no, this is yeah. not right for you. This is right for you And I've seen it. I've seen I've seen students come stay with us for a year and go I've seen other students stay with us their whole yeah. school career. It's like it, it matters um, the, the time that they're in Yeah
0: well, um, Anthony uh now you having Geo in your life. How do you view that concept of choosing one school? I, um, I agree with Christian. <laughs> it's it's for, um uh,
1: for for Geo. Like, how do you view that? We have to get to know, build relationships. Because, <clears throat> for example, my high school had a big language program. So, in in my town, it was the school that provided the most different languages for students. So if I know my kid wants to learn a different language or something like that, then obviously I would choose that class. Or if I know my, I have students that like engineering, then I find a school that focuses more on engineering. So it's all based on, you know, what specifications and nuance, because we even see it with Jesus. When he spoke to the multitude, the math, he spoke in parables. But then when he spoke to the 12, he was able to go more deep, nuance, uh, give them rel- relevatory things mysteries and and be more specific so it's that's why you know it's i agree the further the group the more you can you can be more specific and intentional with what you're doing versus yeah like a teacher with 50 students versus a teacher with 20 who do you think is going to be more effective and going to reach a higher percentage of those students. The person with less, because they have less to worry about and they can spend more time with each student and work on But if you have 50 students, it's like, okay, I can only give you two seconds of my time, two seconds, two seconds. So it's, you know, the smaller the, the group, the more nuance and time you can spend with the individual. So that's that's what we did with GEO. Um, and also knowing the school, like the the school that we were zoned for is known for being... Terrible, you know, fighting. So it's like, why would I? Why would I want to put my kid in that situation? And then there's a there's, the church we go to has a school, so it's like <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's no need to make a decision. It, it was automatic. It's like, of course I'm gonna put him, you know, somewhere where his faith based and
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 really cool to be in an era where there's so many options um, in things because it allows you to be able to really create a plan for your child. Um, but options, I mean, as we see nowadays, options could also be a dangerous thing where um, there are certain things where people are more willing to say yes, um, more willing to, to fall subjective to because it's so more normal. Um, and we see that with, with kids now with um identity issues where a lot more kids are exploring that because it's more normal um and it's becoming more so so choices like in everything um it, there's a good and bad thing where you're you have so much more choices because we're providing so much more nuance but also um opening our doors for kids to say uh you know all these things so in that um aspect uh uh chris um christian how are you dealing with um a society like where school, public schools, projecting a certain dogma, belief, and what we would even say religion, where when they come to your school, you guys are providing a whole different aspect. Um, how are you guys midi- uh, balancing that part of things where you guys probably have to re- uh, reteach kids or have to fight a challenge where
2: it's, it's okay for them to do certain things where you guys so are saying it might not be- okay. In our well, school, we definitely, of all of our teachings come back to the Bible. They're all grounded on that and that's from where we teach from when we have to deal with a situation um like i like identity let's talk about identity that's a tough one that's a very 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 tough one um so we as a school have a standard but now me as a teacher how do i navigate my relationship with them how do i help them right um because a lot so i don't have an issue so your question was where 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 they say where the school says it's okay and now they're coming to you and it's and it's not okay i haven't had that issue yet um more of the issues are i know this is bad i feel it but i still struggle with it um and that's more of the situations that i deal with um I don't know what I would do in that other situation. I've heard the stories of schools. I've heard the stories of teachers. I've heard what's going on in the public schools. You know, we are in Florida and we have the doing very practical things to address certain issues. Man, it, we're in a weird space. One thing I would say is it doesn't end like it does, it should not start and end at the school, right? Um, you have to be like, whether you're homeschooled or not. Like, you have to also be a teacher. Um, you have to, right? So the parent, the parents, excuse me. Yeah, the parent, the parents have to be the, have to the, be in, your, the parent. in the kids' lives, whether they're in a public yeah, school, yeah, you private mean, school. Yeah. You, you have to, like, if you're not the biggest influence in your child's life, something else is, right? And so they're going to be challenged. The, the, the kids, they're going to be challenged, whether it's at a public school or their favorite Disney movie or the latest TikTok dance, right? So they're going to be challenged. How are you equipping your student, how are you equipping your child yeah. to confront that? I, I'm not a parent yet. So it's very it's, it's very easy for me to, I think, think about it from a practical sense. And think about it from very black and white. I I address things as they are, like I, I, yeah, I say it like it is, and I'm very direct, and that's my 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 format. I know that um, that being a parent is going to be completely different, and I'm going to have <laughs> different emotions tied to that, and it's, and I'm going to want to protect them, and I'm going to want to keep them away from everything, right? Like as a as an uncle, you're like man, let them get hurt, let them <laughs> scrape their knees, let them do everything. You're the fun uncle, right? You you can give them back. Uh, but but when you're a parent, I know that gets much harder. Um, but yeah, yeah. but my stance as a teacher, it's it's, it's definitely um, talk to them, teach them for when those moments come, um, versus hiding them from those things or trying to to keep them in a in a bubble. But at the same time, right? Um, yeah. There are kids who who need a little bit extra help. They need they need some more time, right? Um, in the same sense, me being put in the high school that I was put into, I think it it, it helped me from getting into more trouble than I sh- than I than I could have. Right, like I I would have got I probably would have gotten into more trouble being exposed to more things. I think that's very fair to say. And so in that sense, I was protected, right? So then so yeah. then there's a there's a case to be said about putting your 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 child in a certain school. I just think it's um, it is nuanced per child and you have to be a big influence in their life. It cannot be just um, the school and, and, and stuff like that. So that way when, when somebody comes to them and says something, you, they stand firm and they like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that has to, you know, we, because the, the, the movies are doing yeah. it, the shows are doing it, the school is doing it. So we have to have those conversations earlier, sooner. We have to prepare them first. They have to hear it from us first. And I know that that's tough, you know, at what age is too young, and for certain things, but they're going to they're going to hear it from the world. So it's it's important that we get in front of it. I f- I think not as a, and I'm not a parent, so um so my so I'm not I'm not gonna act like I know all the answers because I don't.
0: Yeah, well, I mean you do have a different insight, um, from the outside in, but also as a teacher, you're able to see the gaps. Um, when I remember when I worked in an after-school program, you could tell what parent was invested and what parent wasn't because you could really receive the reflection on the kid. Um, kind of transitioning into like tools for students. I mean, chat GPT is coming out. All these things are coming out. What is your, <laughs> how do you kind of like see, um, cause this is how we view it. Um, I'm not sure if you're uh, familiar with. Um, yes, yes, MKB, yes, yes, uh, yes. MB, yes. He's a he's a, a YouTuber that. Uh, yes. He, he covers tech. And, you know, they talk about they're you know, talking about chatGBT uh, chat GBT on their podcast. And, um, you know, they're saying all these cool things that it does. And I'm like, you know, they're like, well, you don't have to. You know, it helps you just use the tool helps you much quicker. But I as much as I hated just reading about American history and having to write a paper, now, um, it does give you an opportunity to learn from previous mistakes. Where if you learn how to master Ch- Chat GPT about silver, and you had to have to write a page about uh, the the Civil War, yeah, they did the the idea of writing an essay, and they're able to proofread and make sure that Chat wrote it right. But there's also lessons you can learn from reading history, where um, Chat GPT is not able to provide because they're just providing them the answers. How do you view I mean we t- we grew up in a in a we're in that generation where we experienced no tech and we we also kind of grew up with tech. How do you view that as a as a teacher and letting your students use that tool or do you think it's necessary for them to go through the process of having to push through when they don't want to do homework or having that that pers- that lesson of discipline but also the lesson of reading history or do you think them learning how to use tools to be okay. resourceful is the I, most important thing? How do you the, view when the when the first um, when
2: the pencil and t- pen and paper was made. People said that that's gonna be detrimental to memory. Like these innovations are gonna, you're not gonna be able to remember anything. Like you're gonna lose your memory because everything's now, you're gonna rely on papers. And and it was true. It was a true statement, right? Like our memory hasn't gotten um, better. No, we remember less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I, so, I'll so you're right. So a lot of a yeah, lot of they these don't, questions, those two people man, don't pick know, up. I'm done. It's why I I hate politics because you you're, you're forced to choose a side. There's there's a spectrum, right? So um, you have to learn the tools. That's not a question. You have yeah. to learn the tools. Um, when in our in our in our back in our day, uh, we went from we saw we felt the transition of encyclopedias and books for your papers and your researching to Ask Jeeves and this thing called Google. And um, you had to learn the search engines, but now you're missing out on the nuance of reading an encyclopedia and coming across other topics and making different connections in your brain. You're losing out. You're missing out by not reading a book. But the tool, you had to learn the tool. In my class, for, for art class, like I'm teaching them how to do digital art, but I'm, I'm going back to the traditional painting and oil pastels and getting dirty. And there is no undo button, right? There is no, you have to finish this. Um, as much as we can, as much as we can as educators, as yeah. parents, teach them our old traditions, while embracing the innovations, I think that's I think there's a there's a sweet spot in there um
0: yeah because I mean if you look at Dolly in the artscape of things, Dolly is improving drastically where it's making images that it's 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 crazy um I maybe mean, even ChatGBT has gone in an imagery scope where they can make images as well so. I mean, t- I mean, you're be- you're finding ways to be creative within that tool, but at the same time, like you said, uh, you could always erase. Like I use a mirrorless camera. I'm, I know you use a mirrorless camera. Where I'm getting into film now, where I only have 36 <laughs> pictures, and I'm like, I accidentally clicked the button one time on when, when I had my last film. I was like, oh crap, I just wasted a picture, and it's like that's it. Like you have no, you have you have no chance. So I think it's 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 tough because there's no way to we can't reverse what's happening in technology we could there's it's all it's going to progress so it's either we become amish and live without technology or yeah and 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 with that 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 i think it's cool that you um, you do so chat GPT is getting really
2: popular now but uh voice i mean um uh writing ai writing has been around for a while now one of my clients we've we've been using ai for the past two years um it's it's he's in aviation he knows aviation. He knows nothing of creativity or writing. And I'm a creative. I know nothing about aviation. Between the two of us, we're able to formulate these prompts and work with AI to get for it to give us what we want. We've been using that for two years now. And I would say it's the best thing that we could ever have. Like I couldn't tell, I, I, I don't know who would, who we would have been able to find and hire that knew about aviation, that knew about writing, and then also fit our budget, like it would have been impossible, right? Um, and so there was a lot of practicality to that client. In my art class, I've brought in AI art to give us crazy prompts, right? So uh, like reference photos, crazy reference photos. So um, I'll have three students, one student tell me an animal, another student tell me what's that animal doing, and then the third student's gonna tell me wh- wh- where are they doing it in. So, uh, give me a bear riding a skateboard on the moon. Right. And then AI gives us like 10 different images. We choose one and that's the reference that we draw for that day. Um, and so I think um, the more that we embrace the tools and while still maintaining an essence of what we used to do, because there was benefits there. Right. There's benefits to reading books. There's benefits to knowing how to use a search engine and there's benefits to knowing how to prompt, give the right prompts in ChatGPT, GBT um, and so em- embrace the future but kind of continue uh, show the kids show the kids like where that came from because um, some fun things happen in that in that intersection
0: yeah yeah good, um, with you uh, um,
2: Anthony you're 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 wow what, dude you're years? young I didn't think you had a 15-year-old. 15 year <laughs> old you look so, he's so, like so like good <laughs> Wow. Take down he's not you. mine, bro. I was thinking he was, like,
1: three. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's my uh, wife's cousin that we, we foster, pretty much.
2: Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, you have a 15 year You look
1: 20. <laughs> <laughs> really? <Yeah>, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man.
0: That, that Dominican power, that Dominican power. Hey, uh, so, you know, I'm sure he's, like, I mean, he probably doesn't remember what a f- I was talking to Cell the other day. Like my daughter's not going to know what a floppy disk is. <laughs> I remember when I first searched YouTube, I put you the letter and tube. And I was like, what is this? Like, what's Where's YouTube? I can't <laughs> find it. Um, uh, so how are you dealing with, you know, Geo? Uh, like taking on like technology, but at the same time, embracing the like the old school like hard work and and all the other things that you know well uh,
1: this is something i wanted to
0: say not having where, like, technology provides you where, how minutes, do you but... balance that yourself <laughs> i haven't had the chance
1: <laughs> which is we're we're always going to learn more by <laughs> and teach more by example than we will by rules and regulations so we that's that's right since the beginning what caused us what caused adam to fall was wanting to know good from bad. But the God never said don't have the tree of life. So instead of choosing to live life eternally, he chose good and evil. And ever since then, we're doing the same thing, right? We, the, the whole Bible is that. God gives us rules, but God already knew we weren't going to live up to them. That's why it says Jesus died from the foundation. before man was created. The plan of Jesus was already in effect. So it's not that God didn't know the rules weren't going to work, but he wanted to set an example. Look, I'm going to give you these rules. You're not going to be able to follow them. And then later on, I'm going to show you what I'm doing. So what did Jesus come to do? Save us, but also give us an example. Look how you can live on earth. He gave us an example. That's why we're trying to be like him. So, which goes back to the question you asked them earlier about new students coming in the rules are different and it's like you can give you can give a student a million rules but if you're not leading by example and and abiding by those yourself and they see you they're not going to follow them either that's like a that's like a parent that smokes telling their kid no don't smoke they're going to end up smoking cuz they see you smoking so it's like leading by example is going to be always more effective than just giving somebody rules and regulations. And the Bible says it. We're living epistles. So the testimony that we give, people in the street see us, oh, wow, he's different. Rather than telling them you can't wear this or that or that. If if I if I tell somebody don't wear a short skirt, they're going to be like, nah, I still want to wear it. But then if they see all the women don't wear short skirts, eventually they're not going to wear them because they see everybody else around them not wearing them. So it goes down to the same thing. Like, if if all I do is use technology and never show never show him the hard way or how we used to do it, look how we used to do it. And at least put it in his hand so he can test it and, and at least have that in there so he knows, wow, back then must have been tough. I'm glad I have this. I can appreciate this technology now because I know how. So I do it by example. So he'll see me working out in the backyard or doing something. And that can be applied to to anything um, and it was interesting what you were saying how you use technology in your art class, but you still give them you know the old way paint by hand because at the end of the day, no matter how advanced technology gets, it's never the beauty of doing something it's raw expression is always going to supersede any computer for example, and obviously, you know this. If I put bear... It's going to give me an image, but that image is going to be flawless. Perfect lines, perfect shading. Everything's going to be perfect. But if I draw it, I might accidentally put a little much, too much pressure on the bear's ears. And when I get to the bear's chin, I, I didn't have as much pressure. And that the picture is going to be a little different than what was produced by the computer and that uniqueness of my the way I I draw or the way I paint or the pressure I put or the inflection that I put is going to make it unique from what was generated so so the beauty of of doing things the old way is always going to supersede anything a computer can print out and so so relying on on the beauty aspect yeah. of it will make it you know yeah, super. Yeah.
0: Sure. I mean, I think it's. I mean, that's if we could correlate it back to the gospel, that's the beauty of the gospel. It's, um, it was an an ultimate crea- a creative story yep. um, that no, nothing mm-hmm. can be replicated. Yeah. Like all the stories of superheroes is only replication of what you know what God truly did. And we could read all the comics we can, but the best superhero story is is Jesus. Um, but Chris, you know, before we wrap up, you know, you've gone through an interesting journey and one of the things that it's, I always, uh, find interesting is, um, um I'm, grew, I mean, we I'm Hispanic. Up, yeah, I'm not we're all Spanish. So, um, <laughs> we grew up in a tradition, um, of, uh, <laughs> um, you grew up with, you know, men had to do certain things. And like you said, one of the things is providing for your family. Um, so how do you not just with challenging of you growing up, but also, you know, you and Jackie, you know, didn't do the normality of like first step is having family and that's all we're going to care about doing. How do you how do you deal with? How you grew up, what a man was supposed to be, quote unquote, um, about all these things, and how family is supposed I, to be um, generated <clears> and so, by. How do you deal with this like the
2: <laughs> when I when I read all the questions, this is like the last one. It was like yeah, so r r r r r. <laughs> Why don't you have kids? Oh! <laughs> Whoa! Like did my mom? Did, did call my mom? <laughs> nah, man. Um. The pressure's there, right? The pressure's there. But um man, when it, you said a lot of things so you mentioned kids but then you mentioned like a man, being a man. Bro, that has been I feel like the hardest thing since birth. Like because my dad like I was like countless other people, it's not a unique story unfortunately. Like my dad left. Um my mom literally I have stories, like my mom has stories where she had to now be cognizant of how she acted how she dressed so that because i'm only seeing her right and so she she literally said like i started she said she started dressing more like a man she started just wearing shorts on the t-shirt um she realized at one time um she caught me putting on perfume like i was putting on cologne the way that she puts on perfume so i was going like this and like this and this and she's like that's not how you do it. You got to put it on like a man. You go, rah, 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 rah. and she was trying to be rougher, you know, trying to <laughs> she was trying to tell me how to be a man. Um, and then, you know, you have times like, I, you know, <laughs> boyfriends of my mom or like my, uh, my stepdad, like they all have this image of what it is to be a man. It's Hispanic culture, macho culture. What is a man? And, you know, especially in today's age, you now you have the term, toxic masculinity right but then you've also seen like again i don't like politics because man so now it's it's bad to be a man no 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 it's not it's not bad to be a man but there's some characteristics that we take too far um so there's it's it, it, what should a man do so when i first got married i thought everything should be 50 50. Right. I saw my mom suffer. I saw how like men were just like not it. (laughs) And so I was like, man, I want to be a better husband. Everything's 50 50. You know, it's going to be like this. We're equals. And then situations came where I was like, whoa, like I have to step up like this makes sense where I have to like do this. It it only makes sense for me to do this. And I started to see what it meant uh, to be the head of the household. And then we um, started to see like what characteristics like Jackie was actually like, that's what the role that she played, right? That's my wife. And and again, we both came from homes that the dad was not around, strong women. She grew up in a household with her mom, her auntie, and her grandma. No, no grandfather, no uncle, no dad, um, right? And, uh, and I came from a single mom. And so there was we didn't subscribe in the in the beginning we didn't subscribe to this like macho totalitarian dictator like whoa um but but then we've, we we yeah. also see how it's not just there's there's things that that we were designed to do right um when it comes to kids it would be amazing like kids are a beautiful thing um But we saw where in 2023, we saw how in 2020, we literally had no idea what was going to happen to our kids. Like they're in school. Oh my gosh, they're in mass. Like, what are they, what are we doing? Women had to have their babies. The husband couldn't be there in the hospital, in the room with them. Chaos, absolute chaos. Oh, you can't touch anything. Kids touch everything, right? It's like, hey, don't lick that. Oh my gosh, you know? Um. So, what pressure are you gonna put on me to have? You don't know what you're talking about, right? Like we lit. We like, um, after 2020, my mom stopped telling me I had to. You know, my mom kind of stopped, stopped with the pressure. So all that to say, you feel the pressure of 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 <laughs> doing things a certain way, but 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 life isn't perfect, right? Like we do live in a sinful world. We do live in an unperfect world. And so we've seen that original beautiful design be tainted. And so it's, it's caused us to have some alternate views. And then now we have to find and struggle with that. Um, So I would say like now we understand more of what the Bible's definition for a a husband and a wife is. Um, And then when it comes to kids, I, I, I would love to have kids one day, but it, it's never made sense for us to have kids it, within the past 10 years that we've been married. And, and I know that that's a little bit like that, that that's different, you know, um, that's different. A lot of the my only friends who are married is cause they have kids, yeah. right? We've been married for 10 years. We haven't had kids. And that's been very intentional. Um, we've wanted, we've wanted certain things. We've wanted stability for them. We were traveling everywhere. There was real practical reasons why we haven't had kids. Um, we felt the pressure, but we, ultimately, I like, I like what yeah. Anthony said, and he said, uh, "God led." He he talked about as long as is you're you're being led by God. We put God in the in our relationship early on. We didn't do everything perfect, but before we lived together, we got married, right? Like before we got a, an apartment together, we got married, and and I wanted to do things right. We put God in the in the uh, foundation of our marriage and our relationship, and. Wow. When we talk about these things, when we make these decisions, ultimately we we felt peace in our heart. So that has to supersede any outside pressures of parents and community and culture because it's that relationship with God. And so uh, Anthony said this too, um, uh, and I think Abel even alluded to, it's it's relationship over rules, right? Um, So because of our relationship with God, we feel at peace with our decision and we know that. He's gonna carry us into the next phase of our lives, and so it's been a lot of, um, in 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 summary, it's been having some different ideas of what it means to be a man, and then kind of like kind of learning what that means, um, and then also just overcoming um, stereotypes that never needed to be there in the first place. Um, again, talking about being too macho, Hispanic culture, um, it's total it's like totalitarian.
0: Career choice. Yeah, I mean, even even career choices. Like, I mean, you went into the art career choice, and when, I remember when I was doing music performance in college. A lot of people left only because of the fact that they felt they weren't going to be able to provide for their family. A lot of men, um, and they were like, "Oh, I don't know if I could get a job." And they started hesitating, questioning themselves, all because of that pressure of like, "Man has to provide. Man has to do this," and they ended up. T- 30 times more talented than me, just gave up their their passion and their dreams just because of that fear of failing what a man is supposed to be. And I think um, is that challenging part of growing up with a, you know, you grow up knowing what you know. And if you grow up where they're saying men has to do this, men has to do this, many times it could lead you away from what God wants you to do. And it's that challenge, like you said, of like, being willing to be subjective to what God has above our culture, above what our parents say, above what our society says, and it's it it's many times tough because you know um, it, it it naturally you you do want to feel like you're you're that quote unquote man or you're that quote unquote provider or protector, um, and many times you just end up not your your relationship doesn't need certain things that a typical quote unquote another man needs to do for their for their household so. I think it's, it's tough, um, or especially with, with Hispanic culture where we grew up, where the man had a certain picture, image uh, that you know, we would present, be presented to. And like, I, like, it's funny because my dad grew, like he literally did everything. And like he knew how to yeah. fix cabinets, yeah. fix plumbing, electricity. I feel like every dad in right. that generation <laughs> knew how to do everything. And like, I literally know how to turn on the microwave. Like it's like, it's like completely opposite. <laughs> So it's, but I mean, there's other things that I know God has been able to instill in me and characteristics that I know is needed for my family. Um, and, and I'll give it for you, Anthony, and we'll wrap up after you. Uh, how do you kind of deal with that uh, culture or pressure of like, this is what a man's supposed to be versus well, the, what, the thing is that, what like, God needs you to be for your family? Why,
1: your why, why are we doing what we want to do? Or like, are we doing it just to please because uh, my mom wants a grandkid? like I'm a have a grandkid, I'm going to have a child, like everything everything should be done through the holy spirit. Like or even even pers- even selfishly. Am I am I just having a kid cuz I want to have a kid that I can teach what to do and I can, you know, say I have a baby? Like what what is the intention behind it? Am, am I doing it just cuz I want this little trophy that I can love on and kiss on or am I doing it because God has a purpose or told me or, you know, so as long as we're doing everything led by, because, and at the end of the day, just because we get married doesn't mean having a child is part of that plan. Yeah. What if, what if God has us married so we can fulfill this ministry that God wants to send to somewhere else and never have kids. Right. Then you know the pressure of "Oh, you have to have kids because you're married no that that wasn't what God wanted for us, and if God you know we have to be afraid of this like we have to trust God if God wants us to do something, he's gonna find a way to tell us to to one way or another. we see it in the bible he he needed the prophet to see something, and he made a donkey learn English, he downloaded well not English sorry, but he downloaded a human language yeah. to a donkey to speak to the prophet, so the prophet could see what he wants. So, if God can do that, He can do anything. If God wants a a, a couple to have a child, He's gonna. Even if you use protection, yeah. something's gonna happen, and you're still gonna have it. So it's like, you know, and that and that expands to any, any anything and everything. Why do we do anything? Why Why am I pursuing this this career? Is it because? I I did research and it gives me more money than the career I have now. Is it because I want more free time to, to, to just have fun and, but it's going to pull me away from community or from the church or from my calling. So it's all behind the, the intention of, of, of what are we doing? Is it really the Lord that's guiding me or I'm just doing it because it's a fatter paycheck or is, uh, more opportunity to climb the, the the ladder, and then when it comes to manhood, it's the same thing. We're we got confused with the, you know, with the old school way of doing it. Being the head of the house is not just I make more money. Now I'm the head of the house, but what about the the spiritual leadership, the emotional leadership? Because you can make the most money and be the only one that works in your house, but. If if you're not being emotional, emotionally impacting in your family, then even if you're there physically present, it's still going to be like you're not, like your child doesn't have a dad or your wife doesn't have a husband because you're you're there financially but you're not there emotionally, you're not there spiritually. So, and, and remember, we're compared as priests. If we go back and read the Bible, the priest came out of the the Levite tribe, and god established that the priest did not do any secular work to gain to make money the other tribes and the people of the of, of whatever tribe they were at were supposed to support them because they were doing the will of god and they didn't have the time to go make their own money so technically if we're priests, priest it isn't about money it's about the the spiritual responsibility <laughs> <laughs> it's about the spiritual responsibility, the emotional responsibility, the responsibility you, of <laughs> us as the priests of the house to be connected with God so that God can give us the, the, the download of how we should lead the family. It's not just about making more money than your wife or being the only one that provides. Yeah, we, if we stick to the physical and, and to the monetary, then it'll end there. But what about the emotional, the spiritual? The, it goes beyond that, of than that. just providing money. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, uh Christian, uh, appreciate you coming in. I think the biggest thing we could get out of this is two points. Um uh creativity uh, is, is um ambiguous. It could be so many different things, but the biggest thing It comes um, from God. The yeah. Biggest thing we can say out of it that it can be of the Lord. Um so if you're it comes from God. And God is creative. He is the creative master. He is what creativity really is. So you know uh we encourage churches i encourage churches um to explore that um as we become an opera we 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 are growing i mean your students i mean it's pretty funny when you show it's when you're stuff. sharing uh pictures of your students on like youtube channels and stuff like that it was actually pretty cool um you know it's the creativity part of things is part of god music all these things are are part of what god really is um that and then too i think what we could really take out of this is there's nuance in every situation but there's one one standard that we need to follow which is god's word and whatever that is no matter if we like it or not it's it's what we we really need to follow and i think that's really important um well chris uh christian i appreciate you you jumping on um we'll definitely need to uh, have you come back talk a little bit more about uh, um the creative process <laughs> of how you do these things i think it's really cool and, you know you, we didn't even talk about you making you know music now like how do you get into how do you how man, do you get into to, that? So well, there's so Thank much you, guys you know for to talk me. about over oh, that meeting to need you, you to come back. Man,
2: this this com- time
1: flew. <laughs> yeah.
2: Take care guys. Goodbye. God bless, yeah. you guys. Yeah, definitely. Appreciate it. Thanks.